Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast with your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 106 of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. Well, first of all, we start off once again with some thank yous. Thank you once again to uh, John and Melinda Barnes and also to David Pettibone again uh, for once again uh, donating some money to us on the Buy Me A Coffee uh, a campaign that we're running really really appreciate that can Cannot we do like stress a, how much that helps us can we do like a buy a beer buy a beer yeah i don't <laughs> buy know a shot <laughs> buy a shot yeah but it's given you a little bit of an insight into the kind of day she's had today yes definitely a yeah. long one yeah we we usually record this on the weekend when we've got a little bit more time but unfortunately today um, we've got an interview booked on the weekend. That, by the way, you're going to love that show coming up. Um, should we give them a little... Uh, no, no, let's, you'll just no, have to wait and see. It. It's going to be really good. So we've got an interview coming up, um, which we're actually doing this weekend. It'll be out two weekends' time, um, which means that today we're recording this during the week, which means that we're both shattered after work um, and recording it here. So excuse the bags under said eyes. Oh, my God. Um, uh, that's why Bella's got this soft focus thing going on on her screen. Kiss my ass. She looks worse than me. You're gonna feel worse than me in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've no doubt of that. Anyway, thank you once again, John and Melinda, and also David Pettibone. Really appreciate it. I don't know why anybody would want to um, listen to us bicker and pick at each other, but hey, you know. Mm. different strokes for different folks right that's it that's it mm. well we yep. appreciate it we would just we be arguing do. we would just be arguing and no one would hear it <laughs> that's the it's like it's like if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it does it actually make a sound <laughs> if you guys are not listening we still do this <laughs> yeah. um, you know just letting you know um so okay we got some interesting things coming up um did you hear well you did because i mentioned part of it on the show last week, but I didn't really give you much information about it. I just mentioned that the Chinese were looking to send rockets up to intercept an asteroid. Apparently, there's an asteroid that's heading towards us, guys. But don't panic. Don't go out and, and build yourself a bunker and, you know, a shovel and all that sort of stuff. And no need for that. Well, there might be, but not for this particular asteroid, because this one is going to hit us between 2175 and 2199. I'll be done. I'll be gone. Little bit of a little bit of a way off there. Um, yeah, I, so will I. Um, but what Chinese researchers are doing, which I think is is a fantastic idea, is they want to send more than twenty rockets actually up to space because they want to start testing to see how easy it would be to intercept one of these things and whether it would be possible. And one of the things they've been concerned about is the fact that. You can't just send up a like nuclear rocket or whatever to hit it. You know, like on that movie we watched, um, what was it called? Um, Impact or whatever it was, and Bruce Willis went up and landed on the asteroid and all that sort of stuff. 
Oh, yeah. What was that? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's not like that that type of thing because what could happen is if you just sent up a rocket, apparently, with, with a massive nuclear payload and hit it, you run the risk of it breaking in half or breaking into big chunks, which can then potentially impact uh, you. Because then you're doubly front. <laughs> well, then you might end up with more than one. So what the Chinese um, scientists are actually looking at is sending up more than 20 rockets, uh, which would simultaneously hit um, this asteroid so that it breaks it up. It, it can only break it up into several um, pieces. Okay? Hopefully it, it is over China when they do that, not over <laughs> not over us. <laughs> what do you mean, over China? Well, if, if gonna it's going to be over the, the Earth, off, it's well, far I enough know. away that it's not necessarily looking at China. It's far enough away well, that Well, I hope none the of Earth. the debris falls on us, anyway, okay? Why would you and if want... it does, let it fall here so that you're there and it gets you and then I'm here and it won't get me. <clears throat> let me tell you, without me, you would struggle. Okay, just saying. Um, so the the Chinese, anyway, you say you want, it wants to hit China, right? But China are the ones who are going to save us. So let's not, you know, we don't want it to hit China, okay? Anyway. All I, all I meant was for the pieces to fall to China, not here. They intercept it before it gets anywhere near us. But if the big chunks you. break off, okay. and then we have to worry about more than one, then what? I, I, I need, excuse me. Okay, carry on. <laughs> so, no, what I was just saying is that um, the the um, idea is is that with they reckon that with the kind of payload that they're going to be sending up with all of these rockets, they could steer the um, the asteroids away, the, even the pieces by. And nearly nine thousand kilometers, which is Armageddon, which is uh, one point four times the Earth radius. Armageddon, that's the name of that movie. Armageddon, right? Okay. So this one that's coming towards us um, is a seventy-eight billion kilogram uh, asteroid. You know, I worry. I wonder about things like that. Okay, because they've weighed it. Apparently, you know, they got these big intergalactic scales, mm. and they now know it's seventy-eight billion. Um, kilograms in weight if they got that close to weigh it fucking blow it up mm. do you know what I mean mm -hmm. so that's a little bit you know concerning anyway well, this isn't there some way to calculate it based on what it's uh, you know how much how big it is and all that I don't didn't really think they'd weighed it <laughs> just saying really didn't think they went up there, you know, and got them on the Jenny Craig scales, you know, and said, you're a little bit big this week, you know, you need to lose a little bit more, we'll send up some rockets, that should help you out, you know, mm -hmm. cracking diet plan that, didn't really think that was happening. But they know how happy it phone, is. Get it away before I chuck it out the freaking window. That, you know what that is? That's somebody texting me going, I know your husband's a douche. It's fine. <laughs> a douche. It's the second time this week you've called me a douche. <laughs> and you even had the gall to say, I didn't even think you were a douche bag. <laughs> You're just a douche. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bennu. I'm never going to get through this fucking story. Bennu is the name of this, um, this asteroid. And they classify it as a B-type asteroid, which means it contains a lot of carbon and a lot of other minerals. How do um, they know that? It's formed over 4.5 billion years ago, they reckon. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, 
they reckon the chances of it impacting us is between, uh, well, a 1 in 2,700, 1 in 2,700 chance of actually hitting us, which may make you think, well, actually, you know, that's, that's not much of a chance of it hitting us. But normally, any other asteroid is 1 in, like, billions of a chance. So this one is, is actually quite, you know, they are quite interested in it. Not only China, because America have also got a similar um, uh, program that they are looking at to be able to intercept and actually take out these, these asteroids that may present a threat. Um, and theirs is called Hammer, which is a hypervelocity asteroid mitigation mission for emergency response. Someone, you know what? someone got like paid to, to make up that acronym. I was acronym. just going to say, I like... I wonder how they come up with these acronyms because they always seem appropriate. Everybody's got yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You know. I well, I just, I just hope and pray of all of this, whether it's successful or not, the person in America that presses the button to launch these things says it's hammer time. <laughs> got to do it, haven't they? Do you know what I mean got to? Yeah, I expected more of a laugh. There's probably a lot of people who have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Everybody knows Hammer Time. Everybody really? knows Hammer Time. Anyway, listen, listen, right? Because the American, um, the American program to do this um, was actually more expensive than the uh, Chinese one, as you know, it's usually quite Chinese stuff's usually quite cheap, isn't it? Ah, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's not very nice. No, 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 no. I, I just mean that they, they. They produce stuff on a on a large scale, and it's usually cheaper getting stuff from from China. That, I mean, that's fact. Do you really want your asteroid destroying rocket to come from China? The I don't care as long as it, <laughs> as long as it gets rid of it. Um, the uh, you keep throwing me off totally. It's like you're bombarding me with these rockets, mm-hmm. right? The American you're program needs twenty five year warning. To send up these, to send up their hammer, right? They need twenty-five years, you know. Um, notice. Notice. Thank you very much. I was looking for that. Yeah. Um, the Chinese only need ten years, and they can get it up and and you know possibly get rid of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you snorted. You snorted on the podcast. The Chinese can get it up. <laughs> Why do they only need 10 years? Because I guess they can build their thing quicker. Yeah, but 10 years notice as opposed to 25. Yeah. Hmm. I'm glad you were listening. Well, because they're so efficient, aren't they, with their with their production of things? Yeah, absolutely. That's why they can do it so cheaply, because they can build them so flipping quick, they can knock them out yeah. and get the next how, one. How, how quick was it that they built that hospital? Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, and they built a hospital in like some like five days from I don't know. from beginning to end. Five I don't days. Know. Can you imagine that? Yeah, it's probably flat pack. Three <laughs> D printed. Probably like an IKEA hospital. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just someone's there going. I can't make head and a tail of this. <laughs> yeah, they'd still be trying to put that together. Yeah. All the blokes are there going. I don't need it. I don't, <laughs> I don't need the instructions. And all of them are going. I just don't get it. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, NASA also spent a, uh, sent a spacecraft to intercept Bennu, this asteroid, and has actually uh, managed to collect samples from it. Okay, right? so they need twenty five years notice. 
to try to do something about it, but they can intercept it and take samples of well, it. Well, they've intercepted it. They've taken samples from it. It, it hovered three meters above the asteroid and actually has managed to take samples of it and we get those samples back to earth in 2023 this kind of shit is going on and we we weren't aware of it i wasn't aware of it i mean you weren't aware of it what are you trying to say well you weren't aware that australia had different seasons which by the way i have to say that i had a load of messages from people saying we didn't know either so she was not on her own yeah, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. We also had a shitload who said, "Really? She didn't know that." <laughs> no, only joking. Only joking. Most people, a lot of people that that got in touch didn't know. You know what? It's fine if people here think I'm crazy. I mean, it's fine, or that I'm not very intelligent. You That's are intelligent. Too. Hold on, wait, because I am married to you, so you know <laughs> they do give me a little bit of leeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this. Yeah, so, you do get a lot of props for being married to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but no, you are intelligent. Just not when it comes to... <laughs> Just not when it comes to anything to do with the podcast. Um, did you know that apparently it's been reported this week, hot off the press, guys. Well, last week by the time you get this, but was hot off the press when I'm saying it into this here thing here, right? That humans can safely fall into a black hole and survive. Awesome. Wait, yep. does the UK have any health and safety... Um... <laughs> yeah, you have to go through it with the high vis on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's no light to reflect off the high vis, you know. But, but you still got to wear it. You know, you still got to wear it. And you got to wear a hard hat. A hard hat, yeah. Steel toe boots. I Actually, I'm, I'm being a little bit sort of um, loose with the truth there because it is what they've hole. actually said is the super hole would have to be a super massive black hole, okay, it would have to be nothing else around it either because obviously if there was other bits of rock, debris and all that sort of stuff flying into this thing as well, then the chances are you're going to get mashed up by So what are they saying? You can that. fall in it and come out the other side? You can fall in it. Well, they don't know what would happen the other side, right? But you could fall in. You could um, survive the going across the event horizon, what they call the event horizon, mm-hmm. yeah? You could survive going across that as long as you were on the outskirts of it, as long as you were on the periphery of the actual black hole and you didn't go through the centre. Because if you go through the centre, then then you're toast. And how do they know that this... Because they're scientists. Mm-hmm. They can find that shit out and they can't find a UFO. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how silly is that? It brings me back to the question from the last podcast. Why... Aren't there any, like, reports of seeing anything in space? They can see asteroids and they can see this and that and the other thing and black holes that you can fall into. But no UFOs. Don't know. No strange pieces of this foreign unknown whatever metal floating around in space. Nobody's seen anything. Just rocks. and. Or they choose not to broadcast what they see because they think it's going to freak us all out oh like an asteroid that might hit earth isn't well no but look at what they said it's 2175 if anyone worries about that you know well i mean 2175 yeah i I mean our ancestors are going to be around well 
I was going to say, your family lineage would still be around. Your family's ginormous, so they probably will be around. My, mine, I'm the end of the line, really, for mine. And Bryce? Bryce is not carrying on my um, family name. No, correct. So You're not carrying on your family name. I know, I took yours. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Sorry. Um, right, okay, talking about black holes, right? Bella, open your mouth. Uh, no, talking about black holes. <laughs> talking about black eyes. Talking about black holes. Um, another thing that came out this week about black holes is apparently now they've seen the back of a black hole. Yay. Huh? Mm. You can ask me what it looks like, can you? What does it look like? Same as the front. Uh-huh. But the only difference is... is does it that- go or is it smaller? Yeah, yeah. Well... Basically, is it, is it like a funnel? You finished? No, I mean my You're ass creaking. is really hurting. Yeah, I can hear it. I'm serious. So my they, coccyx is like really painful. <laughs> Sitting in these honestly, fucking computer chairs all day. This doesn't all day. happen on a Sky News <laughs> or anything else How? where someone's How? trying to read the news and the other person's just coming in with all this. Blah, blah. Okay, but look. So I need to know, and and enough people listen to us. Don't know why, but enough people listen to us. There've got to be some like hardcore gamers around. How the hell do you keep yourself planted in a chair for that long every day and not have a sore ass? I mean, unless you got a big old plump ass or something, but still, like you know, if you got a normal tush, how, how do you keep it nice and pain free? Excellent. I'm it's talking about black holes and scientific discoveries. You're talking about well, painful touch. Because you know what? The black hole, I'm never going to see or have to go into, high-vis or not, but I do have a sore butt, so okay. <laughs> priorities. Okay. Anybody could help Bella out with a sore butt. <laughs> Mail at weirdwackywonderful.co.uk. Thank you very much. Now let's move on. Okay. Right. I'll so be quiet. They can see the backside of a black hole, right? <laughs> the difference is you're... you're camera has just suddenly given up the ghost on you there we go um so they can see coming out the back of it x-rays so it's light basically obviously x-rays right coming out that's that's how it's like mirrored or something yeah it's basically Mm -hmm. mirrored the front the stuff's coming out the back and they they're able to detect x-rays which is why they know it's the back of the black hole because it's actually spitting stuff out rather than pushing stuff in yeah or sucking stuff in so, but other than that, it's but a mirror. But don't black holes suck stuff in? Yes, which is why they knew it was the back of the black hole, because it was pushing stuff out. What if we only now know that it's actually, what we thought was the front is actually the back? Well, no, because they saw stuff going into it originally. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Now they find one and they're seeing stuff coming out of it. So okay. they, they've determined it's the back. Okay. Yeah. And, plus the fact, they know it's the back because the black hole was going, I got a sore coccyx. All these x-rays coming out of my ass. I'm going to need an x-ray of my ass. I'm serious. Yeah, probably. But anyway. Um, Bone spur on my butt. Apparently, this, this whole discovery of the backside of this black hole has in some way proved Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity. Which I don't know anything about. <laughs> Is that the... Don't. 
Ask e me. Equals I specifically MC said to you before we started this podcast. No, 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 do not no. ask me anything about Einstein's theory of is general the, relativity. Is that the, don't know. Well, don't know. Who's the smarty pants now? Not you, because you asked me the question. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm not afraid to admit I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference yeah. to me. <laughs> well, there's apparently Dan Wilkins from Stanford University is the astrophysicist to speak to. Um, okay, Dan, if you're out there. Yeah, I would actually love to speak. I'm going to try and get in touch with some astronomical societies or something. <gasps> Can we get Sheldon? If you guys know of anyone or, you know, anyone that you listen to or you've seen podcasts on before or anyone that you know of personally who can talk about this kind of stuff and maybe explain it a lot better than us, then let us know. Put them in touch with us and we'll try and get them on the show to explain it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that could explain it better than us. But can we get can we get Sheldon? So, Do you think he would come over? Another thing then, because uh, I'm not listening to this blah coming in here. Um, <laughs> scientists... Have, I'm like Penny, except I'm not pretty from Big Bang Theory. Scientists have found two red rocks with complex organic matter on them within the asteroid belt that is between Mars and Jupiter. This is a big deal. There are millions of rocks in that asteroid belt that are flying between those two planets, okay? What if they only got two? What do you mean, what if they only got two? Well, they've only, if they've seen it in two, Yeah. right... Like, if those are the only two they looked at, and they didn't look at any others... I'm pretty sure they've looked at other ones, but, yes, I mean, it may... I, I don't know whether they've looked at all of them, but but it, they, don't, <laughs> they don't actually physically have to go and look at them, because what happens is, is that the way this organic matter is on these rocks is that it actually reflects light in a different way. So they're actually able to survey quite a big area of these rocks and just see these two which are emitting this light back which see, shows so, that there's complex organic so matter when, I, when you were talking about measuring how heavy something was wouldn't you if you knew like the metals or whatever it is and you knew how heavy those things were couldn't you figure out how much some weighed yeah i mean it's probably to do with the fact that they can detect how fast it's going and the rough size it is, and then therefore they can work out the the momentum behind it, and etc. So I'm not so really probably, that stupid anyway. I didn't say you were stupid. I said that they didn't go up there with weighing scales. Well, of a sort. Do you know, for instance, do you know how they they um, take the weight of um, like blue whales and sperm whales and all that stuff? Do you know water how? displacement? No, no, because that that would give volume rather than. Rather than the weight of it, do you know how they do it? It's it's really impressive. It's all done on tracks. It's done at a railway station. No, okay. Um, so these two rocks with organic matter—that's a big deal. That's really close to us that these two rocks have got organic matter. So this takes me back to something that you said a long time ago. What if we go up and we collect these things, right? Because we want to look at it more. What's that organic matter going to bring to us? Well, yeah. You know? We're going to kill ourselves. Just like that, um, what was that, War of the Worlds? How all the aliens died because they got exposed to a Earth germ? Yeah. That's what's going to happen. We're going to introduce ourselves to some freaking space thing, bug, and we're all going to die because of it. That's what's going to happen. Because how do they know how long to make 
um, astronauts quarantine and stuff. And when they come back to Earth and it falls into the ocean and all that, right? How do what falls they, into the ocean? You know, like when they shoot off the rockets and the bits come down and it plunks itself in the ocean. And, you know, what, what, when all that stuff happens, they're not quarantining that, are they? No, but when it comes back into re-entry, the, the temperatures are that high on the outside of the craft that probably anything organic would have been killed. Yeah, but the key word is probably. If we don't know about it, how do we know? Well, I don't know because there's people a lot brighter than me that are doing these kind of things. And I hope, I hope that you're right. Yeah, well, I mean, you know I, mean I hope I'm right. Sorry, not you're right. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> don't hope you're right. Jeez. I'm just saying, it's something to think about. You mm. know, they go, oh, you have to quarantine. So who takes off the space suit and where does it go? And if they burn it, where do the fumes go? Where's the smoke going? How do we know? Join in um, us next week for another conspiracy theory with uh, Bella. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's an actual thing to think about well then maybe we can get someone from the european space agency or nasa to speak to us as oh well. i'm sure nasa will be beating down the door yeah well they might you never know <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have that much of an impact on the world that they're going to be like oh we got to go talk to them do you know what i had a picture today on my phone check this out right you're not going to stick your phone up there are you because when i tried to do that last week you were like no you can't do that i'll stick my phone up somewhere um <laughs> let me have a look at this now uh Check this out. Uh, another one. So, inside a uh, motorway, you know those motorway traffic uh, vehicles that go along and make sure everything's safe on the motorway and everything? Mm. they got all of their siren stuff down the bottom. Look what podcast they listen to do. Yeah, did you, did you like, digitally uh, enhance that or something? Ah, that. Listen to the Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast, y'all. That's what they were listening to. All right, let me see. Oh, yeah, hello. Yeah, okay, so it's my mate who happens to work for them, Drew from Spun, the Supernatural Paranormal Unexplained Network. Yes, okay, it was him mm-hmm. listening to it, but still, it's been played in one of those vehicles. Like I said, you got a big head. Uh-huh. Well, I just thought it was interesting. Oh, definitely interesting. Makes us yep. look great. Yep. <laughs> but- <laughs> Until you said that. Jeez. Yeah. Well, um, we have coming up for you the amazing Ruth Roper Wild and the fantastic Richard Lenny. Um, Ruth is going to be um, talking about some really weird stuff that's been happening on the roadways um, and a, a, a cracking. I'm not actually. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ruin her her story by telling you what happens. I was going to give you a little bit of a thing, but you'll have to listen to it. Take a listen to it. She is also, by the way, looking for um, any of you guys um, that may have some experiences or have had some experiences on the roadways, um, and you, your story could feature in her new book. This is this is a really cool thing now. She's offering this to our listeners um, on here. Um, get in touch with her. She's got her email address and everything that she gives out during her segment. So have a listen to that. Get in touch if you've got any experiences that you can share, and you may well have your story published. Cracking idea, that. Um, we then got Richard Lenny, who's going to be speaking to us about a UFO that's been seen recently, um, and that is popping up everywhere, apparently. He's even got photos of it, and I believe a video as well. So he's going to tell you all about that on the show um, later on as well. 
I do have to say this little disclaimer. Um, I apologise to Richard and, and anyone else who, who was bright enough to obviously realise this anyway. Um, no, but uh, but unfortunately there are people out there who, who take things the wrong way and don't listen properly and understand it properly. He talks about the 411 stuff, the missing 411 stuff later on, and he talks about um, you know people who haven't been... Um, who haven't gone missing, who've carried both a locator beacon and a gun. And he says during his segment that if you don't have a gun, get one, put it in your backpack and take it with you. Now, obviously, it goes without saying that this is providing it's legal to do so and that you have the required training, etc., to do so, okay, and that you're comfortable with it, okay? Um, Richard's opinions and everything are his own um, and... You know that's fair enough, but I just have to say, as as by way of a disclaimer here, that you know you need to do your own fact checking to find out you know whether it's whether it's legal and safe to carry a weapon concealed in a backpack uh, rather than just taking our word for it. Unless it's a Nerf gun or a water gun. <sighs> Or one of those ones that shoots salt at bugs and disintegrates I them? I want to get one of those bugger salts. <laughs> I really want to get one of those. They are awesome. They're mm-hmm. like about 30, 40 quid in this country. They're a lot cheaper in America. But yeah, you load it with salt and you can literally... It's like a shotgun for flies. I so got to get one. Mm-hmm. Really got to get one. But anyway, yes. Have a look. It's really cool. Yeah. And anyway, that's our product endorsement for the day. Um... Thank you very much, guys, for listening once again. Thank you to those um, fabulous guys, um, John and Melinda Barnes and David Pettibone, once again for uh, your donations to buy a coffee. If anyone else wants to give us a donation, that would be absolutely amazing. It helps us keep this going and pay some of the things that we're paying. Um, we're getting close. We're getting close to being able to sustain this, um, which is is going to be fantastic. Um, the next stage on for that would be um, us being able to quit our jobs, you know, and do this full time, which would mean that, um, of course, um, you know, uh, hell is frozen over. We could get a maid and, and we or found a butler. That pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Somebody to fan us while we yeah. eat bonbons. Yeah. Never gonna happen. But yes, it, it helping us pay our costs is is brilliant because, um, like everyone else, you know, we haven't got you know money to money to just throw away. So it is appreciated with all of the donations that we get. Um, don't forget you can get in touch the usual ways mail at wackywonderful.co.uk. you can hit us up on our Facebook Twitter Instagram all of those wonderful places um, and you know we love hear from, hearing from you uh, we didn't get anybody really give us any um, embarrassing thing oh actually I did I did get an embarrassing um, one sent through um, here we go I'm going to read this out live on air, um, if I can find it, here it is. In fact, do you want to read that? When I was working in the pub, I slipped in the cellar, causing me to rip my trousers. Luckily, one of the regulars had a pocket sewing kit in their handbag and offered to stitch them back up for me in our function room away from customers. As I was standing waiting for my trousers to be stitched back up, a couple walked into the function room to view 
to be greeted by me standing in my boxer shorts whilst another customer was sat stitching my trousers. Nice. Pretty embarrassing, huh? Mm. Read who it's from? <gasps> oh, it's from Nathan. <laughs> yeah, my mate Nathan sent that in. And I said I would get you to read it, and I did. And that's why nobody else is going to send us anything, because we're just going to, like, say their name. What? What? What do you mean, say their name? Anyone can... Look, and no one knows who Nathan is. They don't know his last name or, or you know, they're not going to interact with him. Okay, lovely. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We're going to hand you over now to Ruth and Richard. And remember to stay because I forget it every time. Weird, Weird wacky, wacky, and, and wonderful. wonderful. Turn it off now. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So here we are, another video one. Um, hope you enjoyed the last one. Hope it went okay. Uh, and I'd have to apologise for this one straight away. As you can hear, I've got quite a croaky voice. So um, I'm sorry about that. It's uh, just a summer cold. I have tested. It's not COVID. It's fine. Um, so I wanted to talk this week um, really about the difference between electronic voice phenomena, EVPs, and disembodied voices and really find out whether any of you have experienced either of those. So just to explain, first of all, the difference for anybody that's not sure. A disembodied voice is one that you hear with your own ears, but you can't figure out the source it's coming from. In other words, there's no actual apparition stood there. There's no person that it could have come from. You're not aware that it's come from anywhere outside where you're investigating, or even if you're not investigating. And an electronic voice phenomena is where you deliberately set out to try and get um, recordings of ghosts speaking. The theory behind that is, is that you might not be able to hear it with your own ears, human ears, but they can sometimes make themselves heard on electronic recording devices. And that actually is a very simple way of ghost hunting, is simply to get any plain digital recorder and set it going wherever you're doing a ghost hunt. And myself, I recommend just leaving it playing in the background because just occasionally I've heard things on them other than voices. So bangs or creaks or even groans that you didn't hear at the time, um, but that seemed to be quite loud and really you should have been able to hear them. So I think that's quite an interesting phenomena that you can actually get involved with quite easily yourself because you can even use just the recorder on your phone Um if you do decide to use the other method, which is what some people sometimes refer to as calling out, that's where you ask specific questions and then wait for the people to answer, the ghosts to answer. If you do decide to use that method, please, please, please remember to leave a gap after each question. I very often see YouTube clips or people send me clips and so on of an investigation where they've done calling out. And they call out a string of questions one after the other, which means that any response that comes is very, very hard to determine because you have to hear it beneath the sound of the investigator themselves speaking. And obviously that makes it quite difficult to actually determine what's being said or, or whether it's anything paranormal. If you leave a gap, then obviously any response will be clearly heard, hopefully, in that gap. And it will also make it much easier if you then do use any kind of software to clean up the recording to hear it more clearly. So that's just a tip. If you're ghost hunting and you're doing calling out, 
looking for EVPs, please leave a gap. So disembodied voices. I find these quite fascinating. And I was reminded about this because one of my um, regular correspondents just messaged me recently and said that particular morning he'd been sitting up in bed playing on his phone. So wide awake, just killing time, really went to his right hand side a long drawn out hiss came saying his name now this particular correspondence called carl so obviously the hiss of of carl it's quite a distinctive sound if you think about it and it got me thinking about actually i wonder how many other people have heard their names called out because i have i remember many many years ago i well, i would have been in my early 20s um my first marriage had just broken up so i was staying with my brother and we were staying in a very very old um flat above a shop in hertfordshire in redbourne in hertfordshire um i think the buildings were probably from sometime in the 1800s so really old buildings and our flat you had to access it from the external staircase at the back of the buildings so you walked up an external staircase onto a sort of little patio area made on top of the flat roof of the building below. And then you walked into the building proper, into what was our kitchen. To access the rest of the flat, you walked to the back of the kitchen and then stepped down two steps to go into the lounge. At that little landing where the two steps were, there was also a short flight of steps off to your left-hand side that led up into an attic room which was a very strange little room. Um, there wasn't really room to even stand upright in it, but it had been made into a bedroom. And th that was what I was using as my bedroom because it was a tiny flat. So this particular evening, we'd got friends round in the lounge. Everybody was there for coffee. And I'd gone into the kitchen to make everybody coffee. So I was stepping back into the lounge, carrying a tray full of coffee cups. I think there was about six or eight people round that evening. So you can imagine quite a heavy tray. Um, I was concentrating on the tray as I stepped down the two steps from the kitchen to the lounge area. And from up those stairs on my left-hand side, I distinctly heard a loud whisper say, Ruth, Ruth, twice like that. Now, I just assumed that one of our guests, for some reason, had gone up to my bedroom and, and sort of irritatedly said, yeah, hang on just a minute, as I carried on taking the steps into the lounge where I came to a sort of startled halt because everybody in the building was there in the lounge there wasn't anybody missing so everybody kind of looked at me because I'd got a bit white and said well what's the matter I said there's somebody upstairs in my room so of course a couple of lads you know did the heroic bit and went charging upstairs to check bearing in mind this is a tiny tiny flat there's nowhere anybody could go. Um, and of course, there was nobody up there. So we all sat around talking about it and feeling thoroughly creeped out. About half an hour later, my brother came home. He'd just finished his shift at work, came rushing through the kitchen. Before any of us had a chance to say anything, he was he was saying, God, you never guess what's just happened to me. You never guess what's just happened to me. And we we're like, What? So I was just driving home and from the back of the van, somebody just said, Neil, Neil, at me from the back of the van. 
And of course, we all just looked at him in astonishment because that must have been not long after I heard them speaking my name in a whisper. And he'd heard the same in his van. But obviously with his name, not my name. Um, and it just made me think, I wonder how many other people hear these disembodied voices, particularly ones that say your name. So I went out on Twitter and asked, and two more people responded. Um, and it really struck me that one of them said, yes, they were in bed one morning and they heard somebody call out their name in a long, drawn-out hiss. And I thought, see, I've described mine as a whisper, but could you also describe that as a hiss easily? Of course you could. And it's interesting that that's two of the correspondents, myself and my brother, have all had our names whispered or hissed at us. Um, another one said that, yes, they had heard it, but it was such a low, drawn-out sound, it was quite hard to make out. So I wonder how many of you have actually had your name called out to you whilst either investigating or even whilst just going about your daily business. Maybe you could write in to me and tell me about it if you have. My email address is wa-1400 at outlook.com. And that actually made me think as well a bit more about entities, ghosts, however you want to describe it, that actually interact with people. Because another of my regular correspondents wrote to me to give me her experiences um, and this one will be included in my next book, which is the, hopefully going to be out by Christmas. It will be included in the Roadmap of British Ghosts, Volume 2. And she'd actually met with a friend of hers for an evening meal at a pub in uh, the little town or village of Lamport, village really, of Lamport in uh, Northamptonshire in uh, the UK. And the two of them had enjoyed a perfectly nice meal on a perfectly nice evening and at the end of the evening they'd said their goodbyes and they'd each got into their respective cars and driven away in opposite directions on the same bit of road but on opposite directions because they deliberately met at a pub that was you know roughly halfway between the two where the two of them lived my correspondence described to me how she'd not gone very far only a mile or two when she felt somebody kicking the back of her seat just like a toddler would if you had a toddler in the car that was getting fed up. But of course, this freaked her out quite a bit and she tried moving the back of the seat to see if there was something wrong with the seat position or whatever. And then nothing was. Um, so she switched the interior light on, just sort of flicked it backwards to see if there was anything there. Of course, nothing to be seen. But there was a strong feeling of somebody behind her in the on the back seat and every now and again, this kick. She drove another mile or so, um, and as she left the environs of, the, of that particular area, the feeling faded, and it, she said it actually felt like whatever it was had left the car. So she sort of chalked that down to, well, that's interesting, I'll make a note of that, because, you know, she herself is very interested in the paranormal. Um, and the next day, she rang her friend to, to tell her what had happened, and to her absolute astonishment, her friend had experienced exactly the same thing, but in her car and headed in the opposite direction. Which is, when you really think about it, that's it's really curious. Um, if we're talking a ghost, well, either there's got to be two ghosts that each went in a car each and decided to play the same trick 
in which case you're talking an intelligent entity in the form of ghost. Or you've got to think, are we not talking ghosts here at all? Are we talking some kind of boggart, sprite, intelligent entity, um, mischief makers? You know, a lot of our old legend and lore talks about the mischief makers rather than ghosts, elves, goblins, the fae. Um, and they were a much more popular um, interpretation of phenomena than ghosts were. And it does make you wonder whether paranormal is there's an explanation for all of it and we haven't really got the right interpretation yet because whatever that was to get into two cars that were traveling in opposite directions and yet take the same action independently that really does boggle the mind when you sit and think it through so anyway that's my thoughts for this month i hope you've enjoyed that and like i say please 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 get in touch especially if you've experienced anything on a roadway, trackway, footpath, in your car, in your lorry, in your taxi cab, in your police car, <laughs> anything like that, because I'm currently researching for Roadmap of British Ghosts Volume 2, and I'd love to be able to include your own personal stories. Uh, any of my previous witnesses in my previous five books will all tell you I don't um, embellish the stories that people give me. I, I write them exactly as they're given to me. So please feel free to write to me. I will keep your details anonymous if you wish me to. I only include real names if people ask me to. So please write to me, wa-1400 at outlook.com and be included in this next book. Lovely to talk to you. Speak to you next month. Bye, guys. Hi, this is Rich Lenny. And welcome to the Weird, Wacky, Wonderful, speaking to you from somewhere on planet Earth. Today, I'm going to start off by talking about a particular type of UFO that's been seen around the world. It's the typical type, the saucer-shaped, the ones that we've been seeing in our skies going right back to the 50s and before that. Um, and then, of course, um, after that, it sort of disappeared and we were getting spheres we're getting cigar-shaped craft, all sorts of different types, triangle. Well, the good old saucer-shaped uh, UFO is back, and it's back big time, because people from all over the world are recording it and sending in their videos and photos. Um, and I don't know, it seems to be the same craft as well, which is quite bizarre. Um, same size, same shape, same color, doing the same things. So what I've done is I've I've put a photograph up on my Facebook page, uh, so if you go over to Richard Lenny Ufologist, you will see it, and it's the um, second post down, it's called Witness Photo of a Saucer-Shaped Craft over Nash Nashville, Tennessee, July 16th of this year, and it basically um, shows you the photograph and tells you a bit about how we got to see it. Now. Like I said, there's loads of these videos and pictures of this same craft being seen throughout the whole world. So what this means, I don't know. But um, at the moment, you know, keep looking at the skies because you never know, you might see one. Um, always carry a phone with you, always, if you possibly can, carry a, um, if you're out at night, especially carry a night vision binoculars or, or a, a monocular of some kind, um, some sort of equipment that can see in the dark. 
and you'll probably see it as well because it's been seen at night time as well as day. But I think mainly this particular craft has been seen during the daytime. So just keep an eye out when you're out and about. Um, the next bit of news I want to talk about just briefly is to do with missing 411, which, of course, as you all know, is really um, a subject that I'm getting into now more and more um, because I think it is basically um, linked with uh, ufology. Um, more and more I think about it and the more research I'm doing, I've come to the conclusion that these uh, people that go into forests and parks and then suddenly get separated from their family members or from their team and then they're taken could be um, due to the fact that um, going back some time ago in Devon, I told you about these spheres that are above our heads that Nina, the lady in this house that I went to, showed me. These spheres, there's three of them above our heads. We all have them, apparently. Every single person on the planet has them. Um, animals have one on their back. We have three. The middle one turns dark grey, if you lie, and black if you do something really bad like kill. The first one she thinks is like um, a hard drive, recalls everything you do throughout your whole life. The top one, we don't know. We should not sure what that one's for. Well, I reckon it could be a tracker. And basically, when you sit down, they sort of bob up and down around you. But as soon as you get up and walk around, they're like a string of pearls and they're on you all the time. So is it this that they're using to track us? And with this, they can tell immediately what sort of person you are, you know, what you've done, whether you're academic, whether you're brilliant. Um, apparently, with scientists, did you know this, that only German blooded scientists have been taken so a, a scientist in a national park or a forest that's got sold of some sort of german blood in them they will be taken but only scientists this is they've got german ancestry are taken we don't know why but this is the case but how do they know that you've got this in you and I've, I was thinking about this only literally days ago, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. Maybe this is a connection. You know, they would be able to tell, wouldn't they, through your spheres, whether you've got German blood in you or not, whether you, you know, you're a scientist or not, whether you're brilliant, clever. So this is, I think, how they segregate us. So basically, you're, you've got it. You know, you're walking around with it all going, hi, this is me. You know, I'm brilliant. I can do this. I can do that. But, of course, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't see your spheres. You can't sever them because they're with you all your life. The only time they ever sever is when you die and then they float up into the atmosphere and are gone. And then we're, we assume they go to what we call heaven. And that's when you're judged and so on. So it all, it all links and makes sense. And I've seen my own spheres. I know, I know that these things exist, okay? So you've got to take it from me. I know it's hard to understand and I know... It's difficult for you to believe, but you've got to take it as fact that these spheres are with us all the time. You just can't see them. But with the right conditions, then you will. Um, animals only have one because they, it doesn't matter. I mean, they can't lie, can they, as such? So they only have one, and that's basically a tracker. And they do take, you know, cows and animals. I mean, Ebby the cat down in Devon, Nina's cat, you know, she got taken. So you see, they know where you are all the time. So basically, there's no hiding place. 
there is no hiding place, whether you're at your back door or whether you're in your garden, whether you're in a forestry, you know, part of the world, or whether you're in a national park, they'll catch you, they'll get you. They like you to be on your own when they do it. How they do it? Well, that's another guess, of course. But um, I think I think the ETs have got something to do with it, to be honest with you. And I think that's how they're tracking us through our spheres. So now talking about the missing 411, um, obviously now everything's opened up again and um, people are going back into parks. Just remember to always take a locator beacon with you. So a PLB, personal locator beacon. And if possible, if you're comfortable with it, take some sort of form of firearm as well, because nobody has gone missing yet with both on their persons. They have with one, but not with both. So if you know you value your life and you want to enjoy the outdoors and have fun, but knowing at the same time that you should be safe, take both in with you and you should be fine. Why they don't take people with both, we don't know, obviously, but as it's been documented so far, no one at all has been taken with both a PLB and a firearm of some kind. Even if you're not comfortable with firearms, just buy a, a cheap gun and just put it in your haversack. You know, as long as it's on your person and it's connected to you, then with that and a PLB, you should be safe. Um, the um, young lady, Tate Morell, uh, M-O-R-E-L-L, she's still missing. Um, she was due to return from her trip from um, West Fork off Rock Creek and she never came back. Um, the search started on the morning of July 2nd. They found her campsite but they couldn't find her. <clears throat> um, I'll just read you this actually because it is, it is important. Morel, a Montana State University student, so again brilliant, bright person, student from Idaho, was an avid and experienced hiker. Remember that, avid, avid and experienced, so she knew what she was doing, who planned to climb five mountain peaks in the West Fork of Rock Creek. She backpacked into the area, camped at Shadow Lake on July 1, and contacted her family via an in-reach satellite communicator that evening. So she did everything correctly. Oh, and by the way, she had a PLB on her, a personal locator beacon as well, but she did not have a firearm. While Morel was not due to return from her trip until July 5, search managers determined that she left her tent on the morning of July 2nd to summit a 12,000 foot peak and was never seen again. She had a PLB personal locator beacon on her person with textability but she obviously wasn't able to use it for whatever reason. Very rare for someone to go missing with a PLB on them, um, but unfortunately she did. Um, it's been um, documented, like I said, that people have gone missing, you know, with PLBs um, and no firearm. But it is still it is still strange. If you have a PLB on you, then it should protect you. But like I said, and I keep saying it, if you take a firearm as well with you, you'll be safe. 
She did everything right and even told her family where she was. So remember, if you and your family are thinking of doing the same this year, tell someone where you're going and when you will return. Also, take with you a PLB, a firearm and a sat or cell phone. And I could put at the bottom, our prayers go out to our family for the safe return of Tate Morrell. But unfortunately, at the moment, um, the search has been called off now, but it's ongoing. So what that means basically is if any hikers go into that area, they're asked to look out for her. You know, they put posters up and so on. So let's hope that she is found. Um, a lovely girl, young, bright student. Real shame. And there's going to be plenty more. This is the problem. There's going to be plenty more like her this year going missing. So I can't stress it enough. Take a PLB and a firearm with you if you're going into these areas, forests and, and um, national parks. Um, there's also a video on my Facebook page. All these, by the way, are on Facebook, on my Facebook page. So just go to them. Uh, my good friend John Leonard Wilson has put up a video which he took a while ago um, through night vision showing um, multiple crafts flying through the sky or through space. And I've seen this myself and it's amazing to watch. They go very quickly. So um, check that out. It's an amazing video. Good to get it on video as well because they are so quick. It's hard to catch them sometimes, really hard. Now at the very top, I've got a video which I've pinned to my Facebook page. It was sent to me last night by a good researcher, a friend of mine called June Miller. And it's an amazing video. Now, if it's real, obviously it's amazing. But if it's not, don't worry about it. If it's a fake, because they're hard, that, these ones are hard to fake. But it doesn't matter whether it is a fake or whether it's real, because I've seen this exact thing many times through my night vision. So this does happen. So whether it's real or whether it's fake, trust me, this is what happens. A sphere takes interest in a commercial airliner. So we've got an airliner going across the sky. We've got this dot, which is a sphere, also going across the sky in a different angle um, and a different distance. So you've got to watch the video, okay? It's on there. And then all of a sudden it does a curveball and takes off after it. And it basically shoots up behind it and then stays with it. Now, this has happened many, many times, but I can't stress this enough. This is exactly what they do. And the reason I put this video up, I, I can't tell you whether it's genuine or not. There's so many fakes out here now. In fact, YouTube, to be honest with you, there's probably more fakes out there than there is genuine videos. But this video is perfect. This is exactly what they do. I've seen it with my own eyes. So it doesn't matter. So forget the fact that it could be a fake video. Forget that. Put it out of your mind. This is what they do. Okay. You've got a commercial jet flying in one direction. Maybe you've got a sphere flying in another. All of a sudden, it'll slow down and it'll stop. And then it'll turn and it'll go back on itself. And it'll shoot straight up behind the airliner. And it'll just tag along with it. I have unfortunately can't show you this video. But I've got a FLIR video. So that's a forward-looking infrared camera that caught a UFO going behind a Boeing 737 jet airliner in broad daylight and you could not see the UFO with your naked eye. You could see the jet, obviously you could see some 37, but you could not see the UFO behind it. With a FLIR camera, it was there tagging along. That was sent to me by a group of scientists and physicists that work throughout the whole of this planet 
doing exactly what I do and I'm in communication with them and if I need their help, they will help me. So these guys are genuine. They're retired Navy officers. They're generals. They're physicists. They're scientists. And they're doing this stuff. They're doing what I do, but on a bigger level. And because they were in the military, they've got all the high-grade military equipment at their disposal. So, of course, they got 20,000-pound Fleur guns. You know, I don't have that, but I have got a night vision equipment, which is very similar. So basically what I'm telling you is this video is so important. Watch it. It shows a sphere shooting away, slowing down, stopping, curveballing, going back on itself and chasing after a jet that's got two to three hundred people on board. And it tags along right behind it. And the pilots have no idea that this thing is following them. And it is literally right on their tail. And this thing happens. And I've got video proof of it. And I've got actual real video proof of this as well sent to me by proper professionals that caught it and just said rich keep doing what you're doing you're on the right track yes they are hidden in the infrared spectrum well below 10 newton meters so that's why we need the very very best quality fleur guns available and of course that's twenty thousand pound plus military grade and they're using it and they're catching it and they're telling me that i'm doing the right thing so i'm on the right track what i'm telling you is correct this is happening. You could be in a jet plane tomorrow going to Spain and there's probably some, you know, extraterrestrial hardware right behind your tail following you. You know, it's a possibility. But these things are happening. They're taking interest. Why are they doing it? Well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? And I can't answer that. I can guess, but I don't know for sure why they're doing it. But they are doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're doing it all right. So check this video out. You'll find it really, really good. And um, on the last note, I'd just like to say thank you very much, basically, for listening to my podcasts every month. I'm glad you're finding them interesting. I'm getting a lot of good feedback. I don't earn any money from this, you understand. Um, I, I don't get anything from it. Basically, all I'm doing is trying to get the truth out there and trying to tell you that we are not alone. Forget about all the fake videos. Forget about people telling you it's rubbish. Yes, there are probably extraterrestrial life, but they're not anywhere near this planet. They're light years away. That, unfortunately, is not true. They're here. They are right here. They're among us. They're here, and they're here right now. And they seem to be very, very inquisitive of what we are doing as humans. So on that note, I like to say... Good night. Have a great month and speak to you again in a few weeks time. This is Richard Lenny signing off for the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful.